Hola, everybody. Bienvenidos and welcome to the Luna Magic podcast. Luna Magic is a global multicultural beauty brand inspired by the rich cultures of the Caribbean and Latin America, the hustle and bustle of New York City, and the glamour of Los Angeles. In our podcast series, we will shed light on the behind the scenes of building a business, the community that supports us, and the stories of others and a few things we've learned along the way to win big. Today, we have a very special guest on our podcast show, Julissa Prado, CEO of Resource Curls. Resource Curls is a clean hair care brand that proudly creates clean formulas and products that embrace and celebrate the beauty of curls, community, and culture. Bienvenida, Julissa. Hola. Bueno, Julissa, we are so happy to have you here um, as our guest. As you, um, a lot of people may not know, we actually have a little bit of history um, uh, your brother, your co-founder, Tony, and I met many moons ago in New York City. And when I moved to Los Angeles and I bumped into Tony at a trade show, um, he basically said, hey, I am actually, I started this company with my sister. And I was like, wait, what? First of all, I remember we always talk about this mystical sister, Julissa, um, when we were working together back um, at Macy's executive training program. But it was so interesting to like meet you in person and really see this community that you've built from scratch, your vivacious energy, very infectious. And I'm just so happy that we get to kind of like we've crossed paths and now we get to kind of interview just to learn a little bit more about um, just the, the, the why behind everything that you do, um, what motivates you, and then how do you think about um, legacy in as you're building this company, essentially with your family. Um, I know that Tony plays an important role in in that back end or um or that relationship that you guys have. But I know, like looking at your early content, you had you know I think you started in your Theo's garage and things like that. So um, I wanted to place an emphasis in this episode around the family dynamic, um, what it's like to build a, a family focused business because we at Luna Magic also are a family owned business, and then what. Um, what experiences you would like to share and advice for people that are really thinking about growing their own company someday. So please introduce yourselves more formally aside from what I just shared and tell us a little bit about um, your relationship um, with yourself and, and Tony and maybe your, your backstory. I mean, I know it started in the womb, but I'd like to hear it from your words. Yeah. So I'm Julissa. I'm the founder and CEO of Resource Curls. And I started the company with my brother, Tony. He's my co-founder and right-hand man of life. Um, I love that. Uh, <laughs> he really, really is. I feel like we, um, you and Shida have such a similar synergy, sibling synergy, like similar to Tony and I, where he's the big brother, you're the big sister. Um, and then both Shida and I are kind of like the more like, like dramatic, glam, creative. Yeah. 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 Personality. Sister. Exactly. Yeah. So with like, big, I mean, y'all have some big personalities too, but I think Shida and I as being like the younger ones, yep. um, we, we definitely lean on y'all a lot to be like, take that big uh, sibling role and like, just always be like the logical ones and like. <laughs> yeah, and we I, like to put a little, okay, this is great. We're going, cool. Yeah. But what, how does this make, how are we going to get this off the ground? How is this going to make sense? Yeah, <laughs> yes. It's funny you say that because Tony and I, you know, we had the same similar training. So you're right. We think a lot very logically. Yeah. But um, but you guys are also super creative, which is exciting for founders like us. I, I mean, siblings like us to support like the ball of energy that comes out of your brain. Yes, exactly. So I think that's always been our dynamic, which is so funny seeing y'all two interact. And, you know, now that y'all are 
you know, in this place where you guys have both grown your business together. It's so funny to see those traits, like how they come into play, but <laughs> we have the same energy as far as like me being like the super creative, like dreaming big. And then Tony being like the more logical, um, very like structural organized brain where he's more so thinking of like, okay, how is this going to be executed? We need, this could go wrong. This could go wrong. Like, let me like, um, let, let me, let me be more realistic about like this huge thing that you're doing. So I feel like our entire life, it's kind of like been me, like, this is everything I want. <laughs> and then Tony's like, all right, all right, let's bring you here. Let's, let, let's contain this and make it like feasible. And it seems like that's kind of y'all's dynamic as well. Yeah, it's it's similar in a way. I think we we exchange. Um, you know, I think we both have a layers of creativity. But to your point, like in different phases of our lives, surprisingly, Shara can be very logical. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Logical but, too, but it's just exactly. Like I could tell, but but it's but you guys drive a lot of the creativity and the yeah. the magic and the pizzazz behind everything that we do. And you know, I think it's probably tied to the birth order. Like you know, like the you, the little ones always have something to prove. Don't you think? <laughs> you tell oh, me as a little one. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Right? I think I think like Tony, because he was the older one, reality always like hit him hard. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, um, let's be realistic. You know, he always had to be realistic. Whereas mm-hmm. I was receiving some of like the the hard work sometimes that he would have to go through, or like some kind of hardships of like whether it was my mom, you know, messing up the first parent teacher night with him, right. with me getting it right. So he, right. he was the one that would kind of be the guinea pig in a lot of the situations. Mm-hmm. And then I would receive like, you know, the, the lesser of the, of the two evils. And how do you guys navigate that? Like, how do you guys, that dynamic, I, I think it's so impressive that being a younger symbol, you're so self-aware. Um, I remember we went to dinner once in Las Vegas and the way that you speak about Tony and express your, essentially like your gratitude and adoration. I think it's such a beautiful and inspirational thing. Like, where does that come from? Is it family values? Is it, did you see your parents treat each other in that way with their, with their extended family members? Because the number one question that we get with our business is you guys are sisters. How are you guys working together? I can't even get my sister on a phone call. So I'm curious, like what sorts of values have, have allowed you both or even you to really acknowledge Tony and see the, you know, see him in the, in the light that you do, because I think it's so beautiful. Yeah. I think something that's like kind of unique to immigrant children is that super like bond that you create of like, of like, Oh, we got each other's back. Like we've got to be a team. It's like, and, and, and it kind of creates this like, you know, um, really strong team dynamic between Mm -hmm. you because you feel like it's us against the world Mm -hmm. and and a lot of the time you're it's almost like your parents live in one world and then Mm y'all live in another world as the children it's like a lot of the time the world that your parents understand and live in is so different than like the reality that you're living in and a lot of the time like at least with tony it's like he's the only one that was what that I knew that was in my world. So it was like, we, we got to have each other's back. Like no matter what our differences is, like in order for us to survive, like we got to stick together. So we kind of always had that mentality of like, no matter how annoying he got, or no matter how annoying I was like, we always were raised to like, 
we only have each other kind of thing. Mm. So it's like, no matter where you go, you got to take your sister, no matter where I go, you got to take your brother. And like, <laughs> and y'all really have to like lean on each other to make each other great. So I think that um, even, even when we were little, like if my brother started like learning, I don't know, literally English before me, he would, he, he, my parents literally raised us in like, you know, you're gonna you're gonna surpass us very very quickly that's but beautiful. don't but but make sure you take your sister with you like don't mm-hmm. surpass each other like wherever whatever whatever growth and and gains and knowledge that you go you you're able to receive like get your sister and so i feel like tony always you know he he's very um like not sensitive and like so not like, <laughs> emotional and, yeah know, he's not at all He's like not good with his words. He's not good at like showing love and like expressing it. But like his way of showing love was always more so just like having my back and like teaching me. And I feel like he's always, since my whole life, my biggest teacher in life has been my brother. That's so beautiful. Now, do you think that you've been a good student? Yeah, actually. Okay, good. Okay, good. Right? Because it's like, so like, are you a good student? Okay, yeah. good, good, good. I think I that's one of the things that I is my favorite about me is that I'm a really good student. Like my whole life, like I'm always enjoyed learning. I've enjoyed like growing and I'm very, I, I learn, I'm a quick learner. Like awesome. Throw me in. I can tell. Yeah. Throw you in the deep end and you're swimming. Throw me in. That's literally how I learned how to swim. Tony. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she's like they threw me in the deep end yikes like literally um so yeah so i i, I do think I'm a, I'm a good learner do you feel like that with with, with you and shida with like, life 100 percent. i love i'm very curious i love to learn um you know i'm a nerd deep in my soul i'm a nerd and i think all four of us all we're all nerds and i'm proud i you know i think nerds are super cool I don't know. I think the the people that are going to change the world have to have obviously a little bit of magic with some kind of like critical thinking. Curiosity goes a long way, especially if you want to be an entrepreneur. As you know, Julissa launching a brand, you know, in the middle of a pandemic and all that stuff, you guys are further along, but it's not, it's, it's no joke, right? To build something from thin air. Um, so I'm happy that you're right. The four of us are nerds. Now I want to transition a little bit more about obviously this bond that you have with your, with your brother and your family, which I could see how it's a strong foundation to, you know, kind of navigate this world of entrepreneurship. But tell us a little bit of the, your brand story around how did Resource Curls come to be? I think I read somewhere that you said that you started like saving when you were 14 years old. Or yeah. It's been on your mind for a while. Yeah. So I've been saving my whole life. Like that okay. was something that I definitely did learn from my dad was like to save, save, save. Um, and I was like, hair has always been like my side hustle. So was, <laughs> yeah. Like I was a freshman in college. My brother was a senior when mm-hmm. I was a freshman. So like literally his friends homecoming and prom would book me to do their hair. Wow. I didn't know that. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Okay. And back then I had a lot of experience with like updos mm-hmm. because, um, that was like, I went to so many quinceañeras and there was like always like right. a family party. And back then there's big in our culture. There's always yeah, something about, you know, with us Dominicans, it's a Dominican, uh, 
blow blow blowouts you know like everything hair is a big part of our culture yeah so i would like whether it was like straightening it yep. whether it was like doing a half up half down and curl doing the fake curls i would do like an updo with like the little ring that selena updo yep um classic <laughs> yeah so i was just like really good with my hands and and you know and i was i was really used to it so anyway so i was like always doing hair and so um back then i would always straighten my hair my hair's straight straight right now but usually it's curly um but i um oh tony's on Hi, Tony. <laughs> that was, that was <laughs> great we're mid-interview we're so happy this is you know this is why this is so amazing it's sibling dynamics like tony popping up in the screen well happy to have you here tony but julissa's talking about her hair journey, her hair journey and 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 that she was apparently a hairstylist in college i didn't know well, that. i was like a like a not a not a professional one but a, a, a like like a hood stylist without a <laughs> without any real training yeah so i would like do hair and then um i would started wanting to learn how to style my own hair so I started making my own little concoctions and then I would meet a bunch of different people, whether it was like the people that I was already doing their hair or other people that, um, you know, wanted to learn how to, how to wear their hair natural as well, because literally we know we grew up in like black and brown neighborhoods. So yep. like everyone's hair who I was doing had wavy, curly or coily textures, but we, everybody, it was just so normal to straighten it. Like literally flat irons had all of us in a chokehold in the 2000s. Facts, like, facts, facts. And oh, for us, they would perm our hair. Like, you know, us Dominican culture, it, it, you know, they would do a lot of extra stuff, keratin at one yeah. point, And we would be like, but why, you know? Like a lot of chemical. Yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah, so I started doing that and a lot of people would, would, would really have a, a, a big change in their life once they started like, wearing the hair natural and, and it just it just felt like such a special moment and in my own life and being a part of that special moment in their life was just really beautiful so for me throughout high school throughout college grad school um even after um that was always like a side hobby passion project that I always was doing mm -hmm. and so it wasn't until um I think I was still in grad school I told Tony mind you Tony is like Tony will like if he doesn't like something like he ha holds he does not have any he doesn't give you any grace feelings exactly he'll just tell you what's up okay he'll good. Tell you like exactly that. so I told Tony I was like Tony um I've, I've been wanting to do this since high school like you know, these concoctions I've been doing, like, I really want to make my formulas professional. Like till this day, there's no products that work in my hair or any other people's hair that I do. Like, especially like uh, so many Latinas have like similar hair struggles or just like a, a, a similar experience with, with hair. And it's just like, nothing has ever reached us. So then, um, Tony was like, I'll get back to you. So then he did his own research and then he comes back and Tony, what happened? I mean, I think similar to like what you guys happened because we'll get to it, but like you and I, Mabel, have a pretty similar background in terms of like our life journey. Yes. Um, but for me, we talked about it. I was like, a lot of people don't know that me and Tony go way back. Way back. I mean, back to like what I mean, you're still really cool. I used to be really cool when I met Mabel. <laughs> 
<laughs> we were talking about that, the cool nerds, that the four of us are cool nerds. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can go with that. I can go with cool nerds. But no, I like... Indian- so, Tony, actually... Sorry, t- t- touching on the background, because, you know, b- before you got here, Julissa was talking about your relationship, your dynamic. Um, and obviously, you know, I-, I would like for you to answer this question in relation to like your family history, your story. Um, we talked about Julissa and Tony, you're her greatest teacher. I asked her if she's a good student. I would love to hear your perspective if that's true. Right. Because a teacher, if you could give her a grade. But also to your point, like I think by Julissa asking this question, it's highlighting the the dynamic of your partnership, meaning Julissa had this idea. She comes to her big brother, Tony, to say, hey, what do you think? And then this is where you use your training to kind of probably put some like hard numbers or something more concrete to say, is this true, truly a business opportunity? So I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. So I think that definitely family dynamics are really important. And I would like to say that like what, what, like basically it's kind of like yin and yang story. We make up what the other lacks and it's still mm-hmm. that way today. And I think that there are different types of like strengths, different types of skill sets, different types of like intelligence. And I think that like, even like through what you guys have been talking about now, like it's pretty clear, like what she's really, really good at. And then what I'm really good at mm-hmm. are things that like, I'm, I am the cool nerd like in the corner or whatever, but I'm not like, um, yeah. I don't have the same strengths. That <laughs> um, but like when she told me like her idea, cause we like to bounce things off each other. I went, the first thing I did was I literally went to stores. I went to like target. I went to like CVS, Walgreens, Sephora. And I was like in shock. Cause like there was just such a void in the marketplace like there was such a void in the assortment and there was like a huge part of like the population on like a lot of different levels like not just being latina like uh, serving this customer and in this way like there it was just like i was looking at a big hole in the store and i was like okay we Mm -hmm. need to do this right Mm -hmm. now and we literally thought it was going to be like (laughs) four years which is funny that you talk about this mark, this void because you know when we were going on our journey as well we were just kind of like wait why is this void so obvious to us and why hasn't it been done Have, are you guys sometimes like shocked by that like you know I sometimes feel like we're the chosen ones in a way like we fig- we seem to have figured something out that is to me now so obvious or it's becoming I think a little bit more obvious in the market but how do you guys speak to that idea of now okay let's say you put some structure into this you know Jalisa from an ingredient perspective you want it to be clean how do you now sell it to you know your big partners to actually believe that I'll let her speak, but I, what I will say is that on day one, when we started working on things, we were like, this is so obvious. How come no one else is doing it? And then actually doing it, we're like, oh, right. it's just fucking hard. Like, it literally right. was one and done, and it took four years, and we still were like, we don't know if we're ready. Like, and it wasn't, and it was literally because we're trying to create something that literally didn't exist, and that whole process, mm-hmm. even from, like, a chemistry point of view, was... Like, there's so many times we were like, this isn't going to happen. Um, anyhow, you want to speak to it? Yeah. I mean, I think that um, it, it was always very obvious to us. And we were always very shocked that beauty is just so huge mm-hmm. of a market in the, in, the, in the world, in the U.S., and then specifically within the Latino culture. Yep. Um, and to have grown up for so long and like never really seen that group 
like be catered to within the beauty industry is something so bizarre, you know? And I think that now with a lot of brands like both of ours that, you know, um, other, the beauty conglomerates see how much success we've been having mm-hmm. with catering to this community, you know, they're, they're, they're starting to kind of wake up and, and, uh, and, yes, and they are upset, like move over, like we're not <laughs> this market share. Um, and, and, and I think that's making them appreciate that very loyal, um, you know, strong customer that a lot of like the Latino community is. Yeah. And I agree. I think that, um, at the end of the day, obviously I'm very impressed with, you know, I'm a resource trolls user, the formulation, the smell, the it's clean. I, I mean, I remember Tony, you and I had a discussion around the price point and I'm like, that makes sense to me. Right. But, you know, convincing these big guys that we los Latinos or people of color that we actually want quality ingredients. We actually want clean formulas and we all actually are willing to pay for something that we believe is, is, you know, it's, it's giving back in the community in some way. So that being said, how important, or maybe we can go back to the early beginnings of building this community, right? Because to your point, Julissa, Latinos and people of color were very loyal once we find something we like. And where, where we have found what was the obvious white space aside from formulations for cosmetics was the marketing. You know, like, dang, I always like would go down the aisles and want the aisles and wonder, wow, like my customer is buying the L'Oreal and the big guys. But imagine if she had a brand that spoke to her 365 days a year, rain or shine, that cultural connection. So I think you guys do an amazing job of that. I know that like for your Ulta launch, for example, I don't know if you guys have ever seen how the viral of the, the you know, you had a whole um, cultural moment con el caballo, like la, la, la palateria, palateria, like everything was just so well thought out pulling up into a Ulta, right? I mean, probably the first time that they've experienced a brand activation in that way. So uh, talk to me a little bit more about your community culture and how it all kind of comes to life through resource curls. Yeah, I think, I think one thing that Tony and I have been trying to really remind ourselves to do is just to have fun mm. and realize that every time that we make that our strategy, that's when we have the most impactful moments that's when that like viral ulta moment came from <laughs> and like and just like really successful um campaigns that the customer that really resonate with the customer you know because sometimes i feel like we get stuck on following like a blueprint or following mm-hmm. like the rules of what marketing should be or what a beauty company should do and we've we, we, we forget that like Tony and I are not that person. Like we've been <laughs> one, you know, like we've been breaking the rules, like, and rewriting what it is to exist in, mm-hmm. in a lot of these spaces our whole life. So I feel like whenever we start like conforming to the rules too much, it starts getting boring. But as soon as we are able to have fun and really show our personality it's just like, it's something that's so much easier for us to do and has such a bigger return. Like that Ulta moment, I was, I think we were like, how funny would it be if I showed up on the horse? And then as a joke, and then Tony was like, we'll do it. And then I look at him and I was like, are you serious? Are you serious? Not what I said. Well, yes, it is what I said. But basically I was like, why stop with a horse? Get a freaking mariachi trail. I was like, get all the mariachi, like a freaking procession. I was like, 
I was like, wait, are you serious? Because totally, <laughs> usually I'm that person. Like, I'm the loca. Like, I'm the crazy, <laughs> like, like no full force. And Tony's always, like, the one that, you know, keeps me from getting arrested. Or, right. Like, <laughs> like don't do that. Like, he keeps me from being like, arrested. <laughs> <laughs> you can go back and forth. But, like, to- Tony's usually my, like, my... Um, sounding board logic yeah Yeah. so when he's like go for it i'm like great i'm going yeah (laughs) it's it's funny that tony said with a procession that's hysterical i think it's also highlighting that like you guys have these very structured roles but i love that it can change right that there's a moment that you're like you come up with this crazy idea julissa and then tony pushes you to the next level and vice versa which i think is important i want to touch on this concept of growing a team. Um, I think one of the biggest hurdles when you look at data with companies like that are owned by us is the ability to scale, right? Um, according to like, I think data, I think a small business is still categorized a company that generates no more under $5 million. So meaning for our community, it's a sizable um, revenue, but it's still when you look, compare us to the big guys, you're still a small business. So how have you guys been navigating like growing a team? I can tell you guys how it's challenging, you know, when you when it's your baby and, and now you have to, you know, instill others, the feeling that you have and, and the mindset and the work ethic. So I'd love to learn how you guys have been able to grow your team from looking at your content. You guys have team that actually understand the culture. So I think that's, that's something really special that you get to hire people from your community. Um, but I'm curious if you've had any challenges and then what roles have you guys taken on now that you have, I call the employees children. Now that you guys have babies together, who, who's, who's the enforcer? Who's the dreamer? Who holds them accountable? We call the products the babies. So I think, I think something that's so unique to high growth businesses like our, like both of ours is that the amount of growth that we see in six months Mm-hmm. is like the kind of growth that most companies see in years and years like i agree five years 10 years or something so like the needs what our needs are three months from now nine change months from now, one quickly. year from now yeah. change yeah. so quickly because it's a completely different business right. within one year it's like we go through like three phases of a business i agree now. i agree so yeah. with that said it's really really hard to predict like the type type of team we're going to need if like that even that skill set if we're going to outgrow that skill set and how quickly like so i think more than anything what we look for when hiring people is are people that are able to learn quick are able to mm-hmm. adapt to change and mm-hmm. have a lot of potential because we, we we can't have somebody that's like stagnant in their career like we need people that um, are going to grow at the same rate that we're growing. And I agree with that. I think it's, you know, one year Luna Magic is to me five corporate years. I mean, you know, when you're in corporate America, it's just the same thing over and over again. And yeah. to your point, it's like having an open and transparent conversation with everybody. Like it's a new company every three months. And everybody, you know, we've had people come in for three months and I'm like, I'm so grateful for your contribution. Three months in Luna Magic is a year. So I'm happy that you could write out three months, but to your point, bringing in employees or people that are maybe bought into the long-term vision and, you know, and, and, you know, understanding this is also not easy. It's a startup. A startup means you're starting something from scratch. We're out here competing with people that have, have processes, marketing dollars. They've figured a lot of things out. Um, and here we are with a lot of creativity and what I call Latin pizzazz 
to, 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 to disrupt the space. So, um, so yeah, so yeah. So I'm curious about the last question is going to be more about the vision. What, what's next for, for resource curls? What's the world? I think I've seen you guys have gone into experiential marketing, which I think it's so exciting to see the, the remezcla was, you know, I saw it from IG. We were in New York. It looked amazing. So what's next for resource curls? What are you guys excited about? Any launches, secret stuff that you can tell us? So I'll just say right before she spilled the beans, I'll, um, <laughs> people always give us credit for a lot of what happens with the business, but we're only two people. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that we're extremely proud of everyone that works at Resource Curls, both like mm-hmm. internally and externally, because I literally, they're all geniuses. Like we, we literally mm-hmm. look for like a glimpse, like a, a glimmer of something and like we run with it, like whether or not people have like the full amount of experience in that area. And we're so impressed by just how much talent there is, especially living in Los Angeles. Like there is just so much talent of people that are so smart and so creative in the fields that they work in, especially in beauty. And so there's like, there's nothing that we could ever do just ourselves. It, it really is important bringing mm-hmm. together a team that believes in what you're doing. And um, we, there's no way we could do it like alone. Okay. And then my last, last question, because I'm curious about this. I know that part of your marketing, you guys say family-owned, self-funded, which I think is such an amazing feat. We're also self-funded. And a lot of people are like, how are you still around by being self-funded? Similar to Julissa, we've been saving since we were kids, if you will. Um, so um, obviously in the market, there are a lot of even Latinx brands that are fundraising. What are your thoughts about that? Or do you guys intend to stay self-funded? You know, or, you know, it's, it's a question that every beauty founder gets. So um, there's no one way to go about things. This is something that Julissa always says over and over. And so I'm kind of like speaking for her, but like, there's no one way to get somewhere. Like you can take the freeway, you can take ways you can take the side roads like it doesn't matter. there's a hundred ways and like, i agree um there's like there's no one way to do things because not not everything's going to always work for the same people so like whether you fundraise or not there's no one right or wrong way to do things but what is important is that you find what works for you and you create a strategy for it and you go for it i agree and we were very very clear from the start that we wanted to be a self-funded business that we wanted to grow the brand mm-hmm. to the most that it possibly could be on our own. And we wanted to do that because for one reason, it wasn't because we wanted to like live the life of like a uh, startup and like have no money ever. No, it was because we wanted hundred percent right. control over the brand. We were to do what we wanted without having bosses and our bosses are our customers. And we love, love that. that. Like we love that. Like the only one that. telling us what to do are the customers. And our number one job is to make them as happy as possible, as fast as possible to do what they want. Yeah. And like with friends that I have who do have funding from, you know, they're very successful in their own right. They do have funding. They have investors. They have another boss like every day in their ear, like telling them right. what to do, what not to do. And most of the conversations right. I have with them are like, do not listen to them. Listen to your customer. <laughs> you know more exactly. wrong. and it's like no one knows the brand more than like you who are working on it like the, as a founder and so investors or consultants like they'll keep giving you like their opinions but i would say like those are opinions like you're you're in your role you have to decipher what to listen to and what not to listen to and number one is listen to your customers 
And I agree. I think customer is king in this day and age. And I guess we're very lucky to have like it, um, social media brands that customers in the comments and the DMs, emails, they're very, very vocal. Um, so, well, that concludes our interview. I'm so excited. Um, thank you guys to Julissa and Tony Prado or the Prado siblings. I don't know if you ever guys have, because we call ourselves the Fria sisters. If you ever guys have thought of like branding y'all's relationship because you guys have such a beautiful um, connection. And if there's one piece of advice that you can impart on an entrepreneur that is likely listening here, um, what would that be? And, and then we can zero out. To have fun, literally make that your strategy. The customer will feel um, the that energy if you really put your like enjoyment and love into it. That's a good one. Tony? My piece of advice is uh, <laughs> trust your instincts. I would say there's so many times where like you don't have the answers to things, but you, I've learned to be a problem solver and I've learned to trust my instinct. And so I think that that's really important to, you've got to feel the answer too. You can't just know it up here. Exactly. And I think the beauty of it is like it, the, your answers told me how you guys think the heart and the mind. And my advice would be the balance of both, you yep. know, and, and if where you are more heart, you find a good partner, whether sibling or not, that's in the mind and the magic happens, that balance of, of both. So thank you both the Prado siblings for today and um, stay tuned for our next episode. We'll be launching before the end of the year, but um, Mabel Frias, CEO and co-founder of Luna Magic and talk to you guys soon. Woo. Yes.